Welcome to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast, where we talk about all things Star Wars. Before you begin your journey with us, we would like to give you a little background. David and I began this podcast in March of 2018. The first few episodes have terrible sound due to the fact that David and I had no idea what we were doing when we first started. We just wanted to start a podcast and talk about Star Wars. Later on, we upgraded our sound as well as expanded our podcast team. We added Joseph very early on, and then in 2019 and 2020, added Colin, Brooke, Matt, and Nicole. And I should state that Colin was actually a part of this podcast from the very beginning, helping us with topics and research and everything like that. So but Colin finally came on full force in 2019. Together, we formed the Star Wars Stuff podcast, a podcast that does everything it can to bring you the latest and honest news in the world of Star Wars while remaining positive. We don't tolerate negativity or do anything to get more clicks by posting false news. We just love Star Wars. and would love to share it with you. This first episode was recorded with two lapel mics plugged into two iPhones. David and I sat across from each other and gave our thoughts on The Last Jedi, which had come out on digital copy that day. We hope you enjoy. All right. Welcome, everyone. To episode number four. All right, we're gonna go, we're gonna go that way. We're gonna okay. So then our next one will be five, and then six, and then we'll go. Yeah, then we'll one, two, go back three. to one, two, three. So anyways, my name is David Lozano. I'm a big Star Wars fan, of course. I run the Facebook group Star Wars stuff, and the co-host here is I. I am James Herrera, a big Star Wars fan, as you can tell. This is this is my, this is my place, and uh, and I was and I met him in line in. Uh, New Braunfels for Force Friday 2, and we found out we were at a Star Wars celebration together in April, and that was that was wild to like to know that someone was there too, waiting in line for 15 hours. Yeah, so the story is we both went to Celebration, Orlando, and we were actually in line, maybe maybe one line away from yeah, each other. It was really, really close. Yeah, I took a I took a panoramic picture of everyone. I just took a picture just to take a picture, and when I was in line, we started talking. I think you were the maybe two people away from yeah from where I was. So I showed him the picture. He picked himself out, and we kind of just started talking from there. But we didn't speak <laughs> in Orlando. We're in Texas. We're in South oh, Texas yeah. right now. So we kind of bonded over that, and then we just started trading ideas. And here we are. Got this. Yeah, pretty here much. Good. So, so yeah, I started a so. Star Wars stuff uh, Facebook page about two three years ago. Not quite sure when, but uh, I was totally surprised that the name Star Wars stuff wasn't taken on Facebook. <laughs> so I snagged that up immediately, and I started the page, and I didn't want it to just explode like a lot of other pages that I saw were doing, because you see like thousands and thousands of members. And I have, now I have over 1,500 Facebook Star Wars friends. That's awesome. So... Yeah, I, I just kind of started at grassroots. Just I didn't invite everyone. I just wanted to see how it was to admin a page as well. And I met a couple of the other guys. Um, one guy by the name of Edward and another guy named James. And they were friends. They were pretty good Star Wars Facebook friends with me. And uh, I asked them to be admins. They said, yeah, sure. And uh, the page is, is, has been going pretty good for the past couple of years. Yeah, I remember when you told me, you were like, it's going to be, it's called Star Wars Stuff. You'll find it on Facebook. And I was like, okay, Star Wars Stuff, <laughs> 1579, you know, 1138. No, Star Wars Stuff was the only one. And so uh, when we developed this, we were saying, hey, what are we going to call this podcast? He's like, let's just call it the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. And there you know, there's no, I looked it up, there's no Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Everybody has like a name for their podcast and ours it's going to be the unique Star Wars stuff. Right. Podcast. And we'll so, talk about anything and everything Star Wars. That's that's the name of the game here. So and I thought for our first, the first one we do, we should talk about The Last Jedi. It just came out today, uh, what was it, it, March 13th, just came out today for digital download. And it downloaded to right. me, like on my phone at like 11 last night. Right. And my wife was like, we're not watching it. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I would really, really love to watch it right now. But we didn't, uh, and this morning I was able to watch the deleted scenes, and you watched the uh, the director and the Jedi right. and all of that, and so if you, I haven't seen it yet, I haven't seen most of it, but I will say when the movie came out, when it, after I'd seen the movie, after the theater, after I left the theater in what, December, when did it come out, December 
15th, 16th, 16th, I want to say. 16th, yeah. Yeah. I know we're terrible Star Wars fans and I remember when it came out, but it came out and I went home and I was so excited about it. And I went on IMDb to see what everyone else was saying about it. And I was shocked when I saw the comments people were making. People were hating on this movie. I mean, people were saying Kathleen Kennedy and Ryan Johnson have ruined Star Wars. Uh, this is the end. Like, I'm never watching another Star Wars movie again. Like, this is, it's all over. And I was like, what happened? And then sure enough, the next day on the internet, it was this, this big story was the fans are completely split on it. And so I want to just know, like, kind of, like, what was your take on it? What was your, like, whole... Like, when you walked out of the theater, what was your thought? And then now, how do you feel after it's all been said and done? When I go to the theater and watch a really highly anticipated film, a film that I'm really, really going to be into, and, and I'll be a, fran a fan of the franchise, and I go in there, the first time I see it, I'm kind of like trying to break down everything in my head as stuff is moving. So I, I, I think I miss stuff. And when I saw The Last Jedi, I loved what they call the, the Poppins Lay scene. I actually love that aspect <laughs> of the film. Yeah. And I love the whole uh, banter between Hux and, and Poe at the beginning. Yeah. But what I didn't love was when Luke had the saber back again for the first time. In several decades and he just threw it over his shoulder i laughed at the beginning and then i was like wait a minute that's not what's supposed to happen and i was thinking okay is this maybe like a dream sequence or is this something <laughs> that's not going to be canon because that's like totally not what you expect and of course luke in the trailer says to ray we find out this is not going to go the way you think and that was always playing in my head and of course they kind of dropped hints and trailers and I, I I mean I was prepared for having my expectations subverted like everyone says but that moment I was like uh this could go off the rails here pretty quickly <laughs> but when I'm in the theater for an episode Star Wars film I'm just in shock to be in a seat <laughs> watching it for the first time yeah. because we don't get these that often, even though we do know we're going to get these probably to the end of time, but it's still such a momentous occasion to be in a theater watching an episode film and knowing this is going to be canon and it's, you can't change it. It's set yeah. in stone. Yeah. Once it's there, it's there, unless they go through some unprecedented move and just rip it out of canon, which... A lot of people made petitions for and signed petitions for, but... I can't believe that. To me, yeah, that's, that, that's a little absurd. But to go back to what you're asking, I think after watching it several times, I think I watched it a total of four times, <laughs> I think I was split. The only reason I was split was just the Luke Skywalker aspect of it. To me, he wasn't handled the way that he should have been handled. Everything else I could deal with, I could deal with the Canto Bite stuff. I could deal with uh, the new characters. Rose, people have a lot of complaints. I thought she was really good. I, 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 I really love Kelly Marie Tran. Yeah. I cannot believe the hate for her. I was like, well, she was awesome. And then plus the main theme of the movie, the score, was her was her theme. Like that, right. The Rose theme was what John Williams wrote new for the movie. And I was just shocked that people were like get her out of here, that she was horrible. And I was like, man, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah. No, no problem. But. So yeah, I, I thought she was a, a great pick for that for that role. If you watch the director in the Jedi, uh, they kind of go a not too much in depth, but they do talk about the casting process and, and Ryan's thought process to casting Rose. And she was basically a newcomer. She hadn't really done anything before. Mm -hmm. I think she was like a um, like a comedic actor. I think she was in some type of like maybe like the Groundlings or something. I read somewhere that she'd actually never seen a Star Wars movie before she auditioned. Right, right. Which, which I kind of yeah, yeah. After hearing what you said about her, it's like I can kind of see why he would cast like just somebody brand new to the whole the whole thing and then throw them into this huge story. And so even now you're still split about it. Even now you're still. Well, I did download it last night or I, I streamed it. I tried to download it. I was on vacation and 
watching more of the scenes over and over again, it, it it's a it's a weird type of situation. It's almost like a dilemma. And and, and Mark Hamill saying that he totally disagreed with the way that Ryan Johnson was taking the character. I mean, that kind of lends credence to my opinion and my thought process. And then when you talk to other Star Wars fans that are totally pro-Last Jedi, they bring up the fact that in Return of the Jedi, Mark Hamill wanted to be like totally ripped and have like a claw earring and totally be like a renegade. And they, they point that out. And yeah, he has bad ideas. But yeah, that was a bad idea. But this idea, to me, was a slam dunk that Luke Skywalker was going to show up in the end and go ballistic, which is not what we got. We got an incredible force power, and we seen we saw something we'd never seen before on screen. But to me, him physically being there would have been so much, so much more satisfying, and to just kind of almost breathe a sigh of relief that we finally got. Mark Hamill back and and Mark Hamill's acting just blew me away. Oh yeah, it was, blew, I was like, wow, why hasn't this guy been acting more? Because I don't think he's really done no, much after he Return did, of the Jedi. He did a few, I know he was in an episode of Frasier. Like he, really, he was a guest star in a wow. Frasier episode. I remember going, hey, it's Luke Skywalker, yeah. and then I found out he was the Joker in the new like the right. animated series. Like, and that was it. And then out of nowhere, he's back. And he lost all, like, he was kind of, he wasn't in good shape, but then he lost his weight, and he yeah. comes in, and he opens his mouth, and you're just like, oh my god, it's it's Luke Skywalker. Yeah. There he is, man. And for for me, when I, when I first heard that Ryan Johnson was going to do it, I knew it was going to be something different. Immediately I knew, because I'd seen Brick, the Brothers Bloom, and, and Looper, so I was like, that's a weird choice for a Star Wars movie. And, and then... I heard that Lawrence Kasdan had said that it's different. He says he read the script and he goes, it's really different. It's never been done before. Then John Boyega, you know, himself saying he's, you know, he's a pretty big Star Wars fan was reading it going, what? This isn't a Star Wars movie. So already my mind was already knowing this is going to be different. And then part of my head said, is he, is he going to do away with the opening crawl? Like, is he just going to say, oh, we don't need the opening crawl anymore. And because this was the first Star Wars movie that starts immediately after Right. The last one. So I was like, what are they going to say? What's, what's the opening crawl going to say? Is it going to be like, you know what happened? And then the camera pans down and the movie starts. But um, I remember it starts in the big the big sequence at the beginning. And I was like, whoa, that was that was cool. And then when, yeah, you said when he gets to Luke holding the lightsaber, I was thinking, oh my God, what's he going to say? What's he going to do? He tossed it. And I just went, oh. <laughs> like, I didn't laugh. I just went, oh, oh. Oh, okay. And then I I was like, Alright, let's see where this goes and then and then it hit me in the trailer, the first the very first teaser trailer they showed in Florida at the very end, Luke says it's time for the Jedi to end. And that's when it all made sense. For me it all made sense for me right then and there. I said, Oh, he doesn't want anything to do with this And so once I put that together in my head, I was okay with it. I will say, I don't think I was okay with him milking the, the sea cow. I mean, that was something that I wasn't expecting him to, for, and for them to show. Like, he Yeah, I was actually kind of fine with that, actually. <laughs> that, 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 that's you were the... okay with that? Yeah. My, my wife, she, she loved The Last Jedi. She said, I loved it, but he did not have to milk that sea cow. Like, she told me that later, and I started laughing. She goes, you know, it was perfectly fine. He didn't have to do that. Yeah, to and, me that fit, but throwing the the hilt didn't. Geez, that's bizarre. <laughs> nah, for me it was the yeah the the the, the space milk. Uh, it was green. I was praying to God it was gonna be blue, just so we would yeah. all start laughing. But they made it green, and I just thought how amazing it would have been if it was a blue milk, and we'd be like that explains everything. And <laughs> <laughs> but um, one thing I was thinking about the other day was you know it's really cool that. The majority of Luke's, I mean, all of Luke's stuff, if you think about it, is all done on this island with nothing but ocean around him. And then just to, to realize that he came from Tatooine and he was Razor until he was, what, 19? And it was just him with nothing but sand around. So I love the contrast of right. desert and then now it's just ocean and it's just breathing down his neck and he's there by himself. And uh, the Canto Bite stuff, I was okay with. I wasn't too crazy about Benicio Del Toro's character 
I mean, I love Benicio del Toro. I think right. Benicio del Toro is an amazing actor. And Same I, here. And when I found out he was in the movie, I was excited. And then as I found out what what he did in the story, I said, "Man, you missed an amazing opportunity with Benicio del Toro." Like I at first thought he was gonna be like almost a Han Solo esque person who shows up and then leaves, then comes back and saves the day. But then I thought, but you know what? That's what everyone would be expecting. And Johnson was not about doing what everyone was expecting. He was about making sure what we thought was going to happen didn't happen. And this was the first Star Wars I've ever seen that stuff happened that I was like, <gasps> like, whoa, like, I didn't, I didn't see that coming at all. Like, I, what, what is going on? And um, that's what I think I loved about it. Like, I loved that it was so unpredictable. You couldn't, you couldn't foresee what was going to happen. I mean... I've grown up with four, five, and six, so I know what's going to happen. One, right. two, and three, we all knew what was going to happen. Seven, you don't know, but you can kind of figure out. But right. this movie, I had no idea. And that's what I loved about it. I love that it was just completely unpredictable. But Yeah, I had no issues with the unpredictability, but just the execution of what happened, I think, with Luke. With everything else, I'm okay with. I mean... Space milk. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with Leia floating through space. Oh, yeah, and, and, yeah. and you hear people talk about that, well, well there's, there's no, I mean, that was totally the first time that's ever happened. But actually, that's not true. In Rebels, Kanan does it. And he did it before The Last Jedi came oh, out. Okay. So, and, and Rebels is canon, so you got to take that in, into consideration. Be for me, Star Wars fans are the hardest people to please. We're the best fans. Right. But when it comes to a new story, we all just get so defensive, so, uh, what is, I don't know, just, just so crazy when it comes to, like, all these, like, the execution of what happens. Because we, in our heads, we all have an idea of what's going to happen. Oh, there's a big dog outside. But we all have an idea of what's about to, you know, what we want to happen. But then when it doesn't happen, we're like, oh, that's just, that's a terrible, idea. that was a terrible movie. That was horrible. And I feel like a lot of people felt that way about, about this one. And I was like, man, I get it. But way back in the days where we did not know that we were going to get more movies, I always felt that somehow, some way through... A fortunate circumstance but more so through an, to, through an unfortunate circumstance we were probably gonna get more films and by unfortunate I was gonna I was, I was thinking maybe the death of George Lucas and uh, his, okay. his his estate selling off rights but thankfully he did did sell to Disney which I was thinking the other day why exactly did he do that if he already had an outline and scripts for seven, eight, nine. Uh, to me, he uh, it doesn't really make sense at this point. To me, do you have? If you have your movies, why would you sell? Right, them? exactly. Because you know he could have easily came out and said, "Hey, I'm gonna make three more," and you know they would have made billions. People would have flocked to see it again. And I, I see what you mean, though. Why? Why would he sell? I mean, but part of me thinks, you know, he was, what's he, like, in his 70s right now, early 70s? Right. And like every other Star Wars fan, I did see the video with him seated down with Bob Iger where he's talking about, I I wanted some place for Star Wars to go uh, that could shepherd it, keep it safe. And he talked about how when he created the films, people thought, oh, these are Disney movies. And he would tell people, no, they're not. (laughs) And... I understand that whole aspect, but I mean, if he had seven, eight, nine, to me, I I feel like if I were him, I would have done seven, eight, nine, then sell. But uh, he sold, and I don't know. It's kind of like, thankfully, in in a sense, and we got the films really quickly. The other thing is, if he if he would have done seven, eight, nine, he would have t- taken his time, because Disney's just turning them out now. Yeah. And that's a good thing and a bad thing, I think. But, uh, but The Force Awakens in hindsight, I think that was the film that had to be made. And I think it was above above average. Uh, I'm still trying to calculate the sequence of good to bad, worst to best. 
And it's just so hard. <laughs> Even with Last Jedi, I mean, that throws such a monkey wrench and all that. Because <laughs> I loved Rogue One. I'm wearing a Rogue One hat. I love it. I love what they did. But when you know what what happened behind the scenes with Tony Gilroy coming in, doing the reshoots, and I know a bunch of people made a bunch of noise about reshoots. Every every major film has reshoots. Every movie has reshoots. But so, because it's a Star Wars movie, though, yeah. it has to make headlines. Yeah, and I took it with a grain of salt, but then you find out that Tony Gilroy did reshoot the ending, and all of those scenes from the trailers were taken out, and we got kind of a different ending, which was good. The film still turned out great. Yeah. And then to see... Gareth Edwards show up at the Battle of Crate, and I was like, oh, okay, well, they still have a good relationship. But then later on, I found out that Gareth and Ryan Johnson are really good friends, and they bonded over Star Wars. Oh, okay. So I don't know if it was because of their friendship or what. I don't know. I'm going into like almost like gossip territory here, but <laughs> I just I, I just want to know, and I'm very invested, and I, I love Star Wars, and it's so interesting to me how, how this all works. Oh, yeah. I was, um, and we could talk for hours. Yeah, we could talk Days. for hours about about what decades what maybe. <laughs> and then there's a ton of stuff to talk about when it comes to Star Wars. Right. And with with Rogue One, I mean, I see what you mean. How like Star, you know, they're coming out pretty a lot quicker now. And how Force Awakens came out, and then wasn't it gonna be? Was it? Was it? Was Force Awakens? Was Rogue One supposed to come out like six months later, or was it supposed to come out? That next Christmas, because I know I know they came out a year apart. I could have sworn it was supposed to come out earlier, but they pushed it back. J.J. Abrams wanted the Force Awakens to come out in May, the May after the Christmas it came out. But Disney was like, "No, you're gonna have to release it during Christmas." Oh, so he wanted. So it to they out. rushed it through and got it out Christmas. But Rogue One was already in production, pre-production. They started quickly, and then they got that out. And then Solo, that whole director. Like, just controversy yeah. kind of came about with Kathleen Kennedy getting rid of uh, Lord Miller and then hiring Ron Howard. Everyone figured, okay, well, they're going to have to move from May now because Star, Star Wars and Christmas are now synonymous. Yeah, you and, have to And now they, they put Solo in May and they had the perfect opportunity to say, okay, well, we're moving it to Christmas. No, they, they're still keeping May. And people bring up other podcasts, talk about, well, they already have their tent pole in Christmas time, which is Mary Poppins. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, to me, Mary Poppins isn't really a That's not gonna make tent pole worthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like I mean, they have the reasoning there. And before that, I think uh, James Cameron was going to release an Avatar film. Oh, yeah. He, as and soon Disney as he, yeah. and James Cameron are tight. And, of course, now we know that Disney's trying to buy that division of Fox where it's all the movies and... I think TV shows as well, and all their archive, and Jeez. for sixty billion dollars. Oh, but see, good. then Cameron moved away from December, so it's kind of like, uh, what's going on? But when you do see the director and the Jedi, Kathleen Kennedy looks super active. Oh yeah, like she's really working. I mean, and there's there's a part of that film where they're just talking about how much sleep did you get? Uh, I, I just went home. Went to bed, came back to work. Jeez. And then went to bed, then came back to work. And they're just talking about it. It's like, oh. It's like, I wonder how that would be like. I mean, just in the trenches, making a Star Wars film, and just having that lack of sleep, working like 16-hour days. It amazes me that people don't trust Kathleen Kennedy. Like, when The Last Jedi came out, a lot of people said Kennedy is ruining it. Kennedy doesn't understand what she's doing. But you gotta look at what's happened since Disney bought Lucasfilm, and what we've re what we've we've gotten three movies. She's put these movies out. She's made sure that that these movies have their release date and they come out. And if somebody is not working right, we all know that we all we all saw now that she's like, all right, you're out. I'm you're fired. Don't if you're not gonna do what we all set out to do in the first place, you're out. And I think she's doing something amazing with these movies. I think she's she's trying to move it forward. And then plus, you know, it's all about you know merchandise, merchandise. And they're trying to sell the toys. They're trying to sell, you know, all the all the the shirts and the hats and everything. And you know, she's trying to also do that. And and also she's trying to make these movies. And these movies are, in my opinion, are really really great. They are what 
Star Wars needed after after the prequels, the, which the prequels weren't bad. They weren't bad, but they weren't what we were expecting. And so I feel like these movies are kind of just, I don't know, start like being new, but also paying a lot of tribute to what happened before, but not erasing what happened before. And I feel like Kennedy is doing a really great job moving all of this forward. And I'm anxious to see how Solo is going to be. I'm anxious to see how Nine is going to be. And then one thing people keep talking about, I'm going to go back to Last Jedi. One people thing a lot of people keep saying about The Last Jedi is, you know, it, it doesn't make, like, it doesn't feel right. And the one thing I keep thinking is, okay, when Empire Strikes Back ends, what happened? We found out Vader is Luke's father. Spoiler we, alert. Yeah, spoiler, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to spoil that for anybody. But so we find out, but no, but, but think about it this way. We didn't know for sure. If you really remember when he says it, you're kind of like, is that true? Or is Vader just messing with Luke? And then Han Solo gets taken away, and it's like, we're, what's gonna happen? To Han? And so that's where the movie ends. And I and I read some of the uh, reviews from an Empire came out. A lot of people didn't like Lando Calrissian. A lot of people didn't like the whole Cloud City sequence. A lot of people were like, why didn't the movie end with them rescuing Han Solo? It shouldn't. It shouldn't have ended like they should have. It shouldn't ended them saving him, not him being taken away. And the one thing I keep telling people about The Last Jedi is, hey, there's a third movie coming out. Episode 9 will be here, just as Return of the Jedi came out after Empire Strikes Back. Whereas Return of the Jedi starts out, the movie starts to go, and you go, oh, this makes a lot of sense now. I see where the story's going. The whole beginning is them rescuing Han Solo. The Lando now is a really important character, and, and it all makes sense. And so part of me thinks all the naysayers for... Eight. I mean, not naysayers, people who didn't agree with it. I think for eight, are, are all going to watch nine and be like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Because I know a lot of people were pissed off that Snoke doesn't get his backstory. We still don't really know who Snoke is. I mean, they kind of mentioned it in the novel about how he came about, but they really don't go into detail about him. So I feel in nine, they are probably going to give us that backstory, I think. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, one of the more popular theory opportunities is once Star Wars Rebels ended, spoiler alert for Rebels. If you, if you spoil the last episode, I'm going to throw something at you. I haven't seen the last okay. episode. Okay, well then I can't but, talk about it then. But, but so, you, mean a certain, you mean a certain character would become Snoke? or No. That's a possibility maybe, but that's very minor, I think. I don't think that... I don't, okay, I'm sorry. Because I think it is canon that Snoke is from... Uh, the outer rim and the yes. unknown territories. Yeah, that's that's been yeah. So, the, I mean, there's there's very fertile ground there to develop Snoke and maybe the next animated series mm -hmm. and actually tie it in to Rebels and have that story basically lift up Rebels. Everybody, there, well, there's a lot of fans that really love Rebels. For me, I really didn't get into it. I, I don't know if it was the fact that it was animation. I'm not really a big <laughs> animation fan. And the fact that maybe it was on Disney XD and uh, more uh, kind of uh, aimed towards a kid, kid audience. Yeah. But a lot of the, uh, I think all the podcasters for Star Wars do watch, do watch and did watch Rebels, except for me. I guess I'm a <laughs> podcaster now. But yeah, you got to watch it now. No, yeah, I think, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going <laughs> to binge it and just get through it. But of course, I mean, it's, there's a lot of opportunity, and the screening they had in at Lucasfilm, they invited a whole bunch of fans, which was really really cool, and they all loved it. I mean, everyone loved it. People were comparing and and saying that Dave Filoni should probably do something in the saga films, or even people were even recommending him going to like. Like a Kevin Feige type status for Lucasfilm because he's been there since the beginning. He was groomed by George Lucas. He he made Rebels. You said you watched the what episode did you end on? I ended on episode four, about start five of of the season of the, the season that's out. I mean the season just because ended. Filoni did something in Rebels that I didn't think we were gonna see for a very very long time as a plot device, and it's my fa I think it's my favorite plot device. He used it, he tackled it so well, and I saw and read people talk about, well, if, if he did it there, 
he didn't do it here, I mean, that, that was totally wrong, and it, it doesn't really fit, doesn't make sense, but I think it did, I think people were just trying to, like, nitpick mm -hmm. and, and find something wrong with it, but when you watch the episode, it totally works, and it's like, wow, it's, it's one of the, the hardest things to pull off to what he did, and that impressed me. A lot of people are impressed with Dave Filoni, they talk about his storytelling and his capabilities and what he's done done for us in the past and I really haven't I don't know gravitated to like Clone Wars and yeah, the Clone Wars I, I saw I think I saw like three or four seasons of the Clone Wars yeah and but with the Rebels my brothers were like you gotta watch it you gotta watch it so I watched it and some of the episodes you could tell are for kids but then some of them like it spread out through the seasons are like really dark really just intense and I'm over here watching going good grief like this is this is great stuff, but I, I, I don't think, I think Kennedy should keep doing what she's doing, and I think she was smart to keep, keep Filoni on the, you know, on board, because he's doing something really, really special with Star Wars. He's bringing it to a, a new generation of, you know, younger kids, because one time I was talking to this kid, and he was, he had a Star Wars shirt on, and I said, what's your favorite Star Wars? He goes, the Clone Wars. I was like, you mean Attack of the Clones? He goes, no, the Clone Wars. And I was like, that's a TV show. And he goes, no, it's not. And he, to him, the Clone Wars, not, I don't know, if, I mean, he might have been talking about that movie that came out. But to him, like, that was Star Wars. Like, that was his introduction to Star Wars. And I was just amazed that, that there's, a, there's a demographic that Filoni's reaching to, and they are coming up with Star Wars in this really, really cool way that we didn't get when we were growing up. I mean, how cool would it have been to, you know, turn on Saturday morning and you see a Star Wars cartoon? And it's canon. It's all. It all follows together. It all sings together. That would have been amazing, but we're. It didn't happen. Well, it's amazing you brought that up because I got two little stories about that. I um, met up with one of my high school buddies, and he had a cousin over who was maybe like ten years younger than us. And I told him that I was a Star Wars fan, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I love the Clone Wars." And I was like, uh, "Movie, the TV <laughs> show?" He's like, "Well, I love all that. Plus, I love the video games like Star Killer." And all that stuff, Force Unleashed was awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's like, I love that over anything. And he started talking about the clone trooper armor, and he went into detail, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, like I don't even know that stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like, wow. I mean, uh, like a true, legit, like, Clone Wars era clone trooper fan. Yep. And it just kind of caught me by surprise. And, I mean, he's, I mean, he's totally into it, and I was just kind of, like, taking it all in. <laughs> and... There was uh, a commissioner of uh, a basketball league that I'm in. His daughter saw my uh, keychain, and she's like, who's a Star Wars fan? And I said, me. Right here. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah, I love Star Wars. And I was like, oh, yeah, really? I said, who's your favorite character? Thinking it would be like Luke, Han, Leia, yeah. so, someone like that. She goes, Ahsoka. And I'm like, what? Oh. She's like, yeah, Ahsoka, Ahsoka's but I love her more than anyone. And I was just stunned. I'm like, wow. But of course, I think she was, uh, I think she's like a freshman in high school. Mm -hmm. And you hear stories and people talk about how Filoni took Ahsoka from the Clone Wars movie, who Star Wars fans just despise, and turned that character around and made her a very beloved character. Oh, yeah. And, and you'll see it in Rebels. Oh, yeah. And when she shows up in Rebels, it, it's awesome. Like... When she when you she she's revealed, she pulls out her lightsaber. It's you, you know you're dealing with an amazing amazing character that he created. I mean, was it was it was it his creation or did George Lucas create Ahsoka? Because I know he, because I remember I heard George Lucas say like he would never be able to introduce Ahsoka. I want to say it was Filoni. Filoni yeah, created okay. it and George Lucas signed off on it. Okay, all right, she's pretty great, and yeah. I love and you know what I love what. Kathleen Kennedy's doing with with Star Wars because I, I remember I, um, I saw the video I wasn't there at Anaheim celebration but I saw the um, the streaming of it and they asked the, the the panelist asked everybody there hey who, who which character did you always want to be in the Star Wars movies and they asked you know Boyega Oscar Isaac and uh, Oscar Isaac not Isaacs and um, they asked Kathleen Kennedy and she said well I didn't have much of a choice. If you think girls, my girls didn't have much of a choice of which Star Wars character they wanted to be, and then she said, "But trust me, girls, all that is going to change really soon." And everybody went crazy. 
And then here we have Ray. Here we have Jin. Here we have you know Ahsoka. Brought they brought back Ahsoka. Then you have the the cast. You know the other women in Rebels. And then now you got Rose and Haldo. And then Leia. You know, and it's amazing. All these women are just coming up in Star Wars, and it's awesome. I love that they did that with Star Wars. I, I love that they they took it away. Not took it away from the men, but they just said <laughs> just said you know something to the effect of Hey, look 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 what else is out there. And yeah, and Ray, Finn, and Poe really, really hit. I mean, the the casting. Oh yeah. I knew about Adam Driver. I knew about John Boyega from Attack the Block. I knew Attack about the Block. Oscar oh. Isaac. I mean, I I, I, I knew Oscar, about yeah. all these guys, and I knew that they were the up and comers, the 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 Juilliard trained, the 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 actors that people were watching, the, all the uh, film communities, and they cast them. And I wasn't sure about Don Gleason, but he was really good, too. He oh, yeah. impressed me. So the casting was spot on. And like you said, I, I, I love the fact that they have a female lead. <laughs> it's, it, it, it detracts nothing. And, it, I mean, Daisy Ridley, I mean... Yeah, she's she's probably my favorite. To come out of nowhere? Yes, yes, I mean, out of nowhere. Do you remember... Okay, so the first teaser for Force Awakens starts, John Boyega's head pops up. Boom. Right. And it was amazing. And you know, right. I knew from him from uh, Attack the Block. And I knew, of course, Oscar Isaac, just like you. I knew everybody who was in there. And then you see this girl on a speeder, speed away. Then you see Oscar Isaac on the X-Wing. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. This is this is cool. And then, and then um, I saw a couple more things. And I'm thinking, okay, John Boyega is the main character. Oscar Isaac's the main character. And my head immediately went to the, the males are going to be the main characters of these movies and she's just right. going to be the girl who they find to help and um force friday happened and they had all these rays all these you know fins and pose and i got uh kylo ren because i thought he looked the coolest and i grabbed kylo ren my wife grabbed phasma and, all right should we come back for i was like no nah, don't worry about those and then a couple or i think it was a month later the poster drops the force awakens theatrical poster drops and all the fanboys around the world just went, oh, <laughs> like, why is this girl front and center on this poster? Why is she the biggest thing on this? And that's when it hit me. Oh, man, I'm, I was wrong. I, I think I know what's about to happen. And the trailer starts. Then the trailer came out a couple of days later. And you hear her talking. And I was like, oh, I was like, they did it. They have a girl as the main character that's going to carry this. And then when I went to go for the look for the toys, all gone. The, that model of Ray with her with BB-8 and her staff is you can't find it anywhere in the stores. And I was so mad I did not get that model. And then to see her in the Last Jedi and I, just to see where she's gonna go in Episode Nine, it's like what? Like it's just amazing. I'm I'm I'm, like, I'm ecstatic to see what Ray's gonna do in Episode Nine. Like, how far ahead do you think they're going to go in 9? Like, how many years are, do you think will have passed between 8 and 9? Like, how would you, I mean, a theory, uh, fan theories, here we go. The but. way I want to gauge it is maybe with Carrie Fisher's passing, I think 3 to 5. 3 to 5 years? Yeah. Okay. The opening crawl is going to say, like, immediately after the passing of, you know, General Organo. Poe Dameron has taken over. You know what I mean? Like it's all it's all gonna spread it out. And I think when we see Rey, she's gonna be like Luke was in Return of the Jedi, where she just comes out of nowhere and she has all this power. And we're like, what is like? Remember, remember when you saw Luke in Return of the Jedi? He walks up to those guards and he just uses his hands and they all go, they all fall back right. and he knocks them out with just his hand. I think we're gonna see Rey incredibly powerful. And how do you feel about Ben Solo? Do you think Ben Solo is actually going to turn good? Or do you think in the end, Ray's going to end up having to destroy him? Because, I mean, now that his mother's gone, I mean, there's really, there's really nothing kind of, I don't know. It just, he didn't shoot her. He didn't shoot her for a reason. Like, there's a reason. He, he thought about it, and in his head, he realized, I can't do this. And now mm. that she's gone, what's going to stop him now? You know, my mind just kind of, swims on that it's jj's coming back you have the last jedi that's totally different is he gonna stay with the same kind of outline as the force awakens and bring back the nostalgia that way i think there's a rare 
rare opportunity there for him to bring in something different and then bring in something new. But to me, The Last Jedi kind of throws everything out the window. Yeah, let the, let the past die. Right, know. right, let the past die. And now it's just so wide open for J.J. I think The Last Jedi actually helps out Abrams in crafting a new story that's going to be his own. I think it, it basically unshackled him. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, how The Force Awakens needed, needed to bring everybody back. If, if Force Awakens had not been exactly how it was, people would have been upset. People would have been like, it's too, it's too different. It's too weird. Remember how when The Phantom Menace came out, people were like, it didn't feel like Star Wars. Whereas Abrams was like, okay, I have to introduce my new characters, but I also have to make sure people recognize it as Star Wars. Right. And then with The Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson said, okay, that, the hard part's done, which was to bring people back. Now, the new hard part is to make it brand new for everybody to where we're not going, oh, we've seen this before. Like, this, this, this is terrible. And which he did successfully, I might add. Man, yeah, yeah, debatable. I think he successfully made it brand new for us to go, man, this is pretty cool. So now I think Abrams is going like, ooh, yes, look, I can make my Star Wars movie. I don't have to worry about the nostalgia. I think now Abrams is free to do the exact Star Wars movie he's always wanted to do. And I think that's what it's going to be. What the title is, I don't know. He better mm -hmm. not say. I, I There was that joke. Um, it was like, The Force Awakens, Episode 8, The Last Jedi, Episode 9. Just kidding. Like, it wasn't The Last Jedi. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> the, Force, the Force Awakens, The Last Jedi from his nap. From his nap, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, well, if you look at it, it's like Return of the Jedi, The Force Awakens, the Last Jedi, it's like, man, a lot of... <laughs> that escalated really quickly. <laughs> but um, I'm anxious to see, like, what's going to happen now. And the last... The, like I said, The Last Jedi is my second... My second or third favorite of the Star Wars, like, saga. Because for me, it was dark and it was different. And it was just... It was... It's what the saga needed, in my opinion. I mean, this is just me talking. Mm -hmm. But in my opinion, you know, as a Star Wars fan... I'll always be able to look back on The Last Jedi as, you know, just this really unique point in the trilogy. I mean, in the, not the trilogy, in the whole, what do you, what do you call nine? Um, it's a trilogy, and then this, I don't know, a nine, the nine elegy, we'll call it the nine elegy. And, uh, Sept would be seven, seven yeah. Oct would be eight, but what's nine? I don't know. My wife, she would know. <laughs> She wouldn't know exactly what that what that was, yeah. but I'm 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 anxious to see what's gonna happen because of the Last Jedi, and I'm wondering if if Kathleen Kennedy is gonna be aware of what the fans are saying about the Last Jedi, or she's just gonna say, "Hey, I know what I'm doing. Let me just do this movie." Like, yeah, at her level and her experience, she's at the point where she just doesn't care. I yeah, mean, well, look at and I mean, it's not her story that she's making. If Ryan Johnson made his story. J.J. Abrams, to me, is more of a uh, classic, typical fan, I think. Mm -hmm. And yeah. he's now maybe thinking, in a way, having to... I don't think it's the right phrase, but maybe like kind of write the ship back to... Yeah. In a sense. <laughs> because, maybe. I mean, there's... Maybe. I mean, because it, it... The Force Awakens, I think, was generally liked. And, okay, yeah, we're yes. back. Star Wars is back. Biggest movie of all time, but then the naysayers said, "Well, it was basically an outline." A, a, a new and, hope, and yeah, like pretty much of of a new hope. And then everyone was like, oh, "Okay, well, we see the walkers and the white, and this this is gonna be a mirror of, of Empire," which of course I don't think real fans really wanted to see that. No. And then of course we didn't get that. And then they got pissed. And then and then yeah about. <laughs> Cut in half, I think. Yeah, good. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's tough to throw out a percentage, but yeah, there there was a lot of fans that were disappointed and didn't want to see necessarily what happened. But now, I don't know who put it out there, but it's out there that JJ's going to tie all three tri trilogies together. Yeah, I heard that too. He's, so, he's going to bring in the Phantom Menace. I think he's going to bring in the, the Chosen One, the, the Prophecy. And I think he's going to bring that in. And then something, I heard a rumor a long time ago about how um, the, the 
the ancient Jedi actually misinterpreted the prophecy about who the Chosen One was. And that in episode 8, they're supposed to say it, but I guess they're not. But in episode 9, apparently that's all going to come out, which was this is what they were waiting for. We thought it was Anakin, but it wasn't Anakin. It was somebody else was actually the Chosen One to bring balance to the Force. And then in The Last Jedi, they hint a lot about the balance, the light side, the dark side. Even the, in The Force Awakens, the beginning of the... Uh, of the teaser trailer, there's been an awakening, you know, the dark side and the light, like it's this balance. And it, I'm just wondering if when he says he's got to tie it all together, whether or not he's going to bring in the prophecy of what Qui-Gon, because if you really think about it, Qui-Gon was the one who was actually the first, like he was dead set. This is the chosen one. Like this is, I have no doubt about it. This is who it is. So part of me wonders if he's going to go into Qui-Gon's backstory and figure out why, Qui what Qui-Gon was looking for. With his Jedi training. Maybe Dooku. And then it goes back to Yoda. Because Yoda trained uh, Dooku. And then to see who. How it was passed down. To where. You know like. Why. Like why they misinterpreted it. And who the chosen one will finally be. And I wonder if that's where they're going to go with it. And if they're going to mention midi chlorines. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't think JJ is going to have that mention. In episode 9. In the, I read the the last Jedi novel, and sure enough, like they talk about like the Force and everything, and I'm just wondering, oh my God, are they gonna mention this 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 mini? But nope, no mention of it. It's never even. It was mentioned only one time in the Phantom Menace. Like that's the only place they talk about mini chlorines, and now they're like, yeah. Yeah, the cool thing, the the real cool thing, I think, is that all of the actors from the prequels would be game to be in Episode Nine in some oh, form yeah. or fashion. You know, Liam Neeson was on that celebration video. Oh, yeah. And then Ewan, Ewan McGregor said he's ready to shoot the Obi-Wan film. And Samuel L. Jackson said... Right, know. of course. Yeah, he's like he's like the most vocal one saying, yeah, I'm ready. Uh, we, we have known Jedi to fall from great heights and survive. And we didn't see Mace... Like, we don't know what happened. He could have landed on something. Yeah, yeah. But I agree. I think some, they, they would all come back. They would all come back to tie everything together. Wow, that that would be incredible. It would be incredible to me to get JJ to get the episode one, two, three actors all together in a scene from that era and have it in this film. I don't know if it'd be like time travel. I don't know if it would just be some type of like. It would be like a force vision because now we know that Ray can. Ray that can would be do perfect. That. Yeah. that would be perfect to have that, and then jump to. The original trilogy and have a sequence there and then to this trilogy i mean possibilities are endless i would really love to see something like that, that if he amazing. is truly trying to tie it all together and then you could have the rebels characters in the flesh that would wouldn't be that be something that would be amazing so, and then everybody would just go like it's all complete it's it's complete which sucks because right. nine is it nine is it for the skywalker rebellion and like that's it for this. Yeah. It's got to be all over. So I'm, and it's sad to think like Johnson's trilogy is not going to have any Skywalker or any you know. And then the, now the the creators of Game of Thrones. I have the total opposite opinion of of the Johnson trilogy. I think he's the perfect guy to go out and do his own thing, not touch anything we know, because we won't have these expectations like we did with Luke, like I did with Luke. <laughs> so, I mean, he could do anything. And, I mean, it, it's, it's such a great thing for an acclaimed director to have. And then with the hiring of Benioff and Weiss, everyone's saying that, oh, we're almost sure that he's going to do something Old Republic, something in that no. era. You don't think so? I don't think they're going to do anything. I don't... See, part of me thinks Kennedy wants doesn't want to use all that i think she wants to do something i think they will do something based around that time but i don't think they're gonna do exactly the old republic they may even go all the way back to the early days when the jedi and the sith were in battle with each other well not exactly anything that's been done in the video games but uh something within that era where, where you have the technology and the droids that they had and those characters some of them are slowly becoming canon yeah. So, I mean, you kind of have that as a basis, and and it would make a lot of EU fans mad if they just decided Com to make Completely. Knights of the Old Republic the video game canon, which is a great video game. Yeah. And 
<laughs> I'm anxious to see. Like I'm anxious to see what they what they do. And part like again, a part of me, the nostalgic in me, is sad that it's not going to be Skywalker. It's going to have nothing to do with that. But what would be really cool though is if all these other series and trilogies aim toward the Skywalker saga, starting with Anakin, ending with now ending with Ben Solo, because you know we don't know who Ray is or or do we? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Cody and Ryan Johnson, they're junkers that yep. sold her off for drinking money. But JJ can retcon that and say, nope. That was a lie. He was lying. Kylo was lying. She I'll is an important person. But I, I think that would undermine the whole message of anyone can, can be, a be somebody. Yeah. 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 Sounds like so, a- yeah, I, I, I think that's probably set in stone. I, you know, I'm, I'm honest to get this, but uh, I was happy when I found that out about Ray. Yeah. Because for me, it was like, man, that clears up. So much shenanigans, like so, right. all these theories. She's a Kenobi. She's a Palpatine. Right. She's a, what was another one? She's Han and Solo. She's Han Solo and Leia's like lost kid that they hid. You know all these theories, but then the fact that you find out she was nobody, you're like, oh, okay. Now we can continue on with the story. I don't have to worry about where yeah. she came from. Back when Daisy Weirdly was doing press uh, somewhere in Asia, yeah, uh, before the Force Awakens came out. Uh, she had to give kind of a synopsis of her character to uh, an interviewer in a junket. And she said, my character is uh, uh, solitary in, in the desert. And when she said solitary, Kathleen Kennedy like looked at her and made like a face. And then everyone kind of jumped on that. I was like, oh my God, she's a solo. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then the speculation went crazy. And I'm like, oh my God, did that just happen? It, but of course, we all know that that wasn't true. But it was true, Sol- meaning solitary. She was all alone. Well, yeah, she was solitary, but she wasn't a solo. But she was, I, mean, I yeah, know, but that like, was the. But then now that I think that's why Kennedy looked at her like, don't tell people that you're no like. You're right, right. Yourself. I mean, the reaction could have been to that. It could have been just <laughs> maybe she ate something bad. I mean, but I don't she know. was like, I'm gonna look at you while I, I digest <laughs> this food. Uh, but um, yeah. but I, I love that she was nobody, and I love that you know, and I love the fact that. Kylo Ren, you know, Ben Solo was able to use that, you know, the same way that Vader and Palpatine are able to use that want they have to, you know, to join them. So the moment I heard, you know, him say that, then he says, but you're, but, you know, you're, no, you were nothing to them, but that's not, the. I don't, I forget how he words it, you know, but, um, but to me, you're not nothing, you know, I was like, oh, snap, I get it now, I see yeah. why she, why they did that with her, because now it would be a bigger reason for her to the turn and I'm glad she didn't turn. I'm glad because that was one thing a lot of the uh, the fans were gonna say she's gonna she's gotta go bad she's gonna go bad. And I'm glad Luke didn't turn because that's what that's another thing fans kept saying Luke is gonna become the villain and you know people were dissecting that poster saying like you know it's it's Vader Vader you know is always in the middle at the top you know he's gotta be the villain. Fans are funny, but yeah yeah. Uh, Kylo Ren came through, man. When I saw those first designs, he had, like, instead of the silver, it was, like, yellow, mm-hmm. like, yellow borders. And the helmet, it, it it didn't strike me as, like, a Vader helmet, but it struck me far enough from Vader where it was his own identity. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, and then having Adam Driver playing him, oh, it man. totally hit. And, and you do, I mean, Kylo Ren did click. I mean, he, I mean, he's... In, in popular culture, he's. In... I love I love that Adam Driver's Kylo. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I when I heard it was him playing. I, no, first they said Adam Driver's in Star Wars, and everybody immediately said he's got to be the villain. Right. And I was like, oh, we don't know that yet. And then, <laughs> and, you know, he could he could be like you know like a good guy, you know. And then Oscar Isaac could be the villain, you know. All this, you know. And then you see that trailer, that teaser trailer where he stepped out. I was like, yep, he's the villain. That's totally Adam Driver walking in with his back to us, and he turns on. <laughs> And then when I remember when I heard his voice in the mask, I was like, oh, I was like, he sounds amazing. Right, yeah, <laughs> the voice. wicked cool, that, that Monday night, was it Monday Night Football? That yep. trailer when that came out? Oh, I was like, oh, man, there's one hurdle that they, that they cleared with the voice. Because the voice, I mean, I felt like he was going to be totally compared to Darth Vader. Yep. Which he really wasn't. No, yeah, exactly. Which, which was kind of surprising. We didn't naturally do that, you would think. But, I mean, he was his own character, stood on his own. 
And and people did have the criticism that he was kind of whiny. But, I mean, he's a big dude. He's <laughs> intimidating. So it, it's hard for him to come off as whiny. He's just coming off as like a like a junior Sith in a way. I yeah, mean, yeah. He's, he's still like just learning the ropes of, of being a villain. And now he's in The Last Jedi at the very end. He's the, the new supreme leader. So. But he did. Um, he did act a little childish there. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. Taking the lightsaber, just swiping all those screens and consoles. If, that was an awesome scene. Oh yeah, and the first. The yeah, first I love that. Or, or when he's messing up the, um, the interrogation room, and those two stormtroopers are like, "Nah, man, we're yeah. we're, just, <laughs> we're just gonna walk this way." Um, yeah. One thing I will say about Ben Solo is he's still too angry to, to fully accept the force and i love that they still showed that he is still not a hundred percent you know with the force because i watched it again the second time uh the, the, uh, the last jedi and it hit me i was like wait luke has the blue lightsaber and he pulls it out obviously to turn it on in front of kylo ren well ryan johnson actually has an ex explanation for that because I did have another buddy say that Kylo should have picked that up, that he shouldn't have had the saber. But Ryan Johnson's explanation is when Kylo Ren and Rey did the force pull on the lightsaber simultaneously and it exploded, the explosion was loud, bright, knocked him out, so he didn't actually see the saber explode. So he stayed unconscious. Rey took, took off. Oh, so, I mean, Rey okay. took the pieces, so he'd never see the... Saw he the never, two parts. He never saw that she. He, right. He, exactly. Well, he knows she. He put. He exactly. put it back together, and or he it never. Well, fell yeah. Apart. Yeah. Exactly. Oh man. So that's the explanation. And plus, if you look at the um. Okay, this pissed me off about Last Jedi. Okay, so Haldo is watching the the shuttles escape, and they're getting just just destroyed by the finalizer. Right. That was, that was the name of the ship. Right. The finalizer. Uh, no. No. Uh, what was um, Snoke's ship? What was it called? Snoke's flagship whatever it was um it's getting destroyed by that yeah and it takes a while for her to figure out what to do and then she turns the ship around and, and that amazing amazing moment right. and it wasn't until the third time i watched it i was like i want to try to really figure out what's happening and i figured out that there's like three things happening simultaneously when that's happening finn and rose are about to get uh assassinated Kylo Ren and Rey are fighting for the saber, and the right. ships are getting taken. And so, to us, we think Haldo's taken forever, but if you really think about it, it's all happening back-to-back-to-back to back to back right. simultaneously. Right. So then I was okay with that. So the, the, the lightsaber exploding happens as almost immediately uh, before a Haldo ship flies through, and it messes up everything. So that explains right. why... You know, Kylo Ren was like, "What the hell is this? What, what happened?" Like, what? <laughs> you know, and so that makes sense because I always, I always thought that he was just so angry that he never even noticed that the lightsaber was blue and that they messed it up. <laughs> but then another, yeah. and then someone else pointed out. And then I watched it again. Sure enough, the ground doesn't move whenever Luke Skywalker steps on it. Like this, the like sand doesn't get picked up. And um, and but in my head, I'm thinking, man. The look that Luke gives to Kylo Ren as Kylo Ren moves his foot, he like smirks at him because he goes, I know what you're going to do. Right. And then he, then he runs over and he deflects it so easily. And in my head, I was thinking, man, if they would have gone that route, that fight would have lasted a second because Luke would have just been like, I know what you got to do. Boom. The, the fight's, the fight's over. But he needed, he needed him to distract him long enough. For them to escape so that's why i was like that's pretty cool that they showed that that any i think he does he look at his feet twice or did he, it was just, they showed that one time i'm not sure if kylo ever looked at his no, feet. no 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 luke luke looked at uh, kylo's feet when luke looked at because because he looked at the way kylo moved his foot to know how he was going to attack him no i didn't pick that up you didn't pick that up well, yeah next time you watch it watch how he looks at Kylo's boot and how he moves it, mm -hmm. and Luke smirks at him, going, "Oh, I know what you're gonna do," no. and that's why when he runs at him with a blade, he's able to like get out of his yeah. way really yeah. quickly. Yeah. And um, mm. and I guess part of me thought, you know, if they would have actually fought, he would have killed him like right away, but he didn't. He couldn't. He didn't want to kill him one, because I guess he still thinks that yeah. Ray can bring him back. And then two, he just needed to distract him for a little bit longer. I love that, man. That was pretty cool.
but yeah yeah there <laughs> i mean it, it had the last jedi had some great iconic moments i thought the holdo going into hyperspace yep the fight with kylo and ray oh yeah and yards. and I, I i don't know at this point i don't know if it's infamous going to stay infamous the whole Leia in outer space scene, and when that was executed, I was like, "To me, that works. To, to, I'm fine with that. To me, that works. Something we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. I'm fine." And and the whole kind of backlash with, "We've never seen that Jedi power before." It's like we've only had seven films. Yeah, it's yeah. like I don't I don't get that criticism. That totally made no sense to me. We should be seeing. New force powers every movie. I mean, because there are a lot. I mean, oh, yeah. there's characters in the EU, not in the EU, that have powers that we've never seen before. Exactly. And think, look at this in the uh, in attack, uh, not attack, Phantom Menace. Qui Gon, uh, Obi Wan does the force push. That's the first time we'd ever seen the force push when he knocks over the battle droids, and we all went like this. Cool. Yeah. Jedi can do that. And then, if you remember from A New Hope's Empire Strikes Back. The first time Luke calls the lightsaber to him in the in the in the Wampa's uh, cave, right. that's the first time we'd seen that. But for some odd reason, we all accepted that right away. Like, oh, that's a cool Jedi power. But for some odd reason, with these new movies, they people just just jump on like, oh, that's not that's not possible. It's like, knock it off, man. Like, years from now, people are gonna look back and go, oh, that was cool. That was when they first introduced that step. You know, right. people are just ridiculous. I love I love that she. She, you know, she does her, you know, her flying, you know, going toward the ship. And, um, oh, fun fact, somebody on the internet was really pissed off because they said that whenever she flew toward the ship, um, when the door opens up, everybody would have been sucked out because she goes through the, uh, the bridge. And they said, that was so stupid. Why didn't they realize that? And I watched it again and I was like, she goes through one door and then that door shuts. And then she goes into the other. That's people, what people, I was gonna say. Probably were, something behind her shut. People were and so she angry. And forced to do that. Yeah, and people were so angry they yeah. didn't notice that. Yeah. And um, but one thing that I felt whenever she did that flying thing, I got really sad because I realized we're never gonna see the payoff of this. Right. Immediately yeah. when she started to, when she was still alive, I thought that really sucks because I know they had big plans for her. And now that she's gone, we're never going to see, like, what those plans were going to be. Yeah, yeah. So, that's just... Totally agree, yeah. Th- 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 there was a bit there. When she pulls that off, it's like, uh, we-, we were going to potentially see something even more incredible in the next yeah. episode. And the funny thing is, is when I saw it the first time, I was like, hey, she just flew through the ship that was being projected. I wonder if that means anything. And, of course, Holdo did her Holdo maneuver and flew right through the same spot that Leia flew through the projected ship. Did you notice that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, no. yeah, she flew right through the ship, and I thought that that was foreshadowing big time. Damn, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> yeah, there there are layers in The Last Jedi. And... I might have to go back and rewatch it. And, uh, <laughs> you may. I will. I know, I know the, the next time I'm going to watch it, that was with my mother. Right, like, yeah. I promised myself, like, the next time I watch it, was with my mom. Because my mother, I bought my mother a Porg, and my mother loved it. Yeah, like she loves yeah. the Porg. She's like, I, yeah. and then she calls out her baby and keeps it with her at all. And I love the Porgs, too. I love the Porgs, too. I, I know, I mean, just from photos, they can look kind of, like, creepy. But in the film, I think they totally pulled them off. They were awesome. They're basically kind of like the Star Wars version of, like, Gremlins. Yeah. I love Gremlins. And I love the fact that Chewie was like, all right, y'all can come with me. Right, right, right. <laughs> and so yeah. which means in episode nine, there's gonna be porgs everywhere because they're just pre- reproducing on the falcon. And Chewie's just like, yeah, those are <laughs> those are my. I, yeah, there, there was a nest. There's a, yeah, right there's in a the whole corner. Nest. And he's like, they're just gonna chill here. It's it's okay. Don't worry about my my porgs. But um, but I'm I, I was really sad. And the line that I kept thinking about whenever Leia flew was what Yoda says in Empire Strikes Back when Obi Wan was like, that boy was our only hope. And then Luke is, and then Yoda's like, no, there is another, which was like the coolest foreshadowing, the coolest, like, who's he talking about moment in a movie. And then now we're never going to see it. So. And now kids that are growing up now, they hear and see that line. They're going to think, oh, he's talking about Ray. Yeah, but. Yeah. Or Ahsoka. And it's like, no, he was was clearly talking about Leia. Or Abrams is going to be like, 
no, Obi-Wan always thought it was going to be Leia, but Yoda always knew it was going to be Rey. Like, Obi-Wan could say... I don't think Abrams would go that far and do that, but I think Abrams now has license to shake stuff up a little bit. Yeah. So, it's, it's... I mean, we're just going to be in the theater. What's going to happen? Unless we read the script or see sp- <laughs> enough spy stuff to figure it all out. Spy stuff. Which, which I, don't, I don't think we are. But uh, all, that, all that spy stuff and like making Star Wars, uh, .net. Uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of irresistible to me. i got to take a look. Because before, before the film, I, I saw pictures of the Force Tree, the Porgs, the Gorilla Walkers. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, to to me, that really didn't spoil the film. For The Force Awakens, I knew a lot. I knew a whole lot. Mm-hmm. There was even something... Uh, the script had leaked, and one of the podcasts did kind of a, uh, a theatrical-type reading of the script and in synopsis form, I think, and with music behind it, and it sounded great. It sounded like actually a better version of the force awakens <laughs> but they did change some stuff like that like the floating hand with the saber at the mm-hmm. very beginning of the movie that was true and jj abrams actually took that out oh wow and he thought it didn't he I, he thought it looked goofy or something to me that would have been awesome to see luke's hand Just... with the saber in space breaking the atmosphere of of jakku or whatever planet takodana whatever and then the hand burning up and then it's just the saber and then there was a character that picks it up, and then of course we all know Maz Kanata comes into possession of it. But we still don't know how. Right. We need to find that out. Right. And yeah, that might be explored as well. I think he's gonna. Yeah. I think he's got a lot to play with. I think that's it for us tonight, though. I think we. I think we talked about way more than the Last Jedi, but I think I think it was a lot. Of <laughs> yeah, fun we kind of covered everything, everything around it. I think once we once we view the film. Several more times, yeah. which I'm pretty sure we will. And one we'll thing, probably find yeah. more stuff to talk oh, yeah. about and kind of concentrate. And this is the very first podcast. It's episode four. So, uh, so. You never know. All right. Well, thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll catch you all the next time. Cool. Adios. May the Force be with you.